Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. I have hit the button. The button has been depressed, and therefore, you all now have to hear our ramblings. Time to ramble it the fuck up, man. Let's get ramble. Let's do it. Ramble. I was born a rambling man. John Ramble. John Ramble? That's right. Came back from war. Chatty Cathy. That's right. Now he talks everyone's ear off. (laughs) Yep, that's right. And they're like, oh, you're no hero. Stop talking. That's what First Blood's about. They jam stuff in their ears so far. Right. So much blood. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That totally adds up. Absolutely. Could you imagine a worse fate than having to, like, seriously sit and talk to Sylvester Stallone? He's like... Huh? It's probably fine because you just be like the law, and, and then you could do that shtick with mm, the law. I mean, now, yeah, that era though, like mm. he's just young and jacked and looks like he's gonna kill you, and you don't right. know what the hell he's saying. It's like Bane. It is like Bane. It's like shit. It is totally Bane. Bane with a knife. John Ramble. John Ramble. Write that one down. <laughs> David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee Rose. Anyways, uh, <laughs> would you like to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I always want you to go first, which isn't then, true. I want you to go first 50% of the time. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll go first. I got a movie. Hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty popular movie. Popular movie? It's a popular movie, and I think there's there's mixed feelings about this popular movie. I see. It's the Batman. The? The Batman. Ooh. It's this new Robert Pattinson-y Batman. Oh, the Twilight Batman. It's the Twilight Batman. The Vampire Bat. That's right. Have you seen this? I have. All right. Perfect. This is from 2022. I watched it on April 27th of that year. Oh. Two hours, 56 minutes. Wow. It's a long one. It is a long one. Action crime drama directed by Matt Reeves, starring Ooh. Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, and a bunch of other people. Absolutely. Colin Farrell somehow. Yes. Some amazing, amazing work there. Yeah. Your IMDb movie summary. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins, yep, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and... Uh, but Ooh. spoiler that I edited out. And? And something. Bloop. That's right. Yeah, I don't know why they always put spoilers in these dang things. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you stopped yourself. I appreciate that. I was like, what did I write? Oh, I wrote, don't say this, you idiot. Or yeah. Something. Yep. <laughs> this movie is long. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost. Mm-hmm. It's also a different take on Batman, which is where I'm super happy. Yeah. It is the detective side of it. And they haven't really explored that too well in any of the other Batman, really any of the Batman movies ever. I agree. So my bullet points, great cast, John Totoro, Andy Serkis, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, Peter Sarsgaard. Yep. So many people. Oh my goodness. Uh, what I will say, this movie... I feel it ended about 20 minutes before it actually ended. Yeah. I feel like the bit at the end, while not awful, really, like, you you already gave us this big climax. Lord of the Rings syndrome, where it's like, let's just... Seven endings. See your way out, yeah. Yeah, it really suffers from that. And, you know, knowing that people were like, my big complaints, the movie's long, it's like, well, yeah, they're probably right. You probably could have made this, like, two and a half hours. It's so (laughs) rare, and we talk about this, I think, probably more than anything else on the podcast. Because I I hate pacing. Yeah, but it's (laughs) a long movie. There are long movies, 
that don't feel long. Mm -hmm. There are movies that are short that feel long, and then there are movies like this where it is mostly pretty well done, and then some portion of the film feels like it's overstated its welcome so much that it stands in pretty hard contrast to the rest of the movie. Right. I agree with you. And I just, I don't know. I think I was good with this movie until those last 20 minutes. I was like, oh, come on, you're ruining it. Like, you had me. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't that the end? Yeah. <laughs> but the movie's great. It's dark, but not overly dark. I think Pattinson's really good as Batman. I agree. A lot of people were saying, yeah, he could be a better Bruce Wayne. And it's like, well, maybe, but there wasn't as many Bruce Wayne-y bits. I, here's my opinion on Batman. Batman. I would say this extends beyond Batman in film. Sure. I want Batman to suck asshole when he is by himself. Like, I want him to be vulnerable. I want him to be damaged. I want him to be, like, make hard and bad decisions that he has to regret later on. I think Pattinson does a nice job of playing, like, a PTSD side of that, where, like, there's clearly something really wrong with him, and they don't... Reeve does a nice job of not beating you over the head with it. Like, you watch him kind of be stupid and kind of, like be annoying and like push off Alfred who's only there to help him and Alfred kind of like I'm better than you and here's why Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean like he kind of gets served a few times in this movie which I really like for sure when Batman is with the Justice League however I want him to be infallible and the best (laughs) member of the Justice League correct I agree with that as well (laughs) Uh, I just thought this movie was good I thought I really liked the Riddler oh yeah that was such a smart update of that character I concur because, I don't know, when was the last good update of him? The animated series? Oh, I love the animated series. But he only has, like, four episodes or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. It's a hard is... character to do because the character always feels like he's such a novelty. Right. They did keep the one big thing with the Riddler is it's he's not really a fighter at all. Like, if you catch him, you legit got him. Yep. He's just so incredibly dangerous until that moment. Right. And I feel like they did a very good job of that. Yeah, it was really cool to see that even though, like, so much so that he kind of knows that it's inevitable. So, I mean, this isn't much of a spoiler. Batman's going to catch the Riddler. We understand this. Right. But he even has a plan for when that inevitably happens. And that shows you the depth of his mastery of it. It's almost like a game of chess to him where it's just like, I'm going to lose pieces. I'm going to lose important pieces. It doesn't mean I've lost the game yet, which is really smart. It was it was a great portrayal. I like I, I, Anytime Paul Dano's in something, I'm just like, fuck yes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Paul Dano? I don't know. Every, I mean, there's, it's so, like, I've never seen him show up and disappoint me. Sure. I mean, there's been damaging, there's been heartwarming. I mean, like, you get a Swiss Army man, Paul Dano, and then you cut to, like, when Ryan Johnson uses him in something like Looper, and you're just like, ugh. Paul Dino, oh no. It's so good. This was great and brutal. Such a great measured performance. The scene where they're having the interrogation and he just kind of like, you slowly see him kind of lose his shit. And then he realizes he lost his shit and he's like, got that, like his attitude changed to where he's like embarrassed and not like, you know what I mean? Kind of has to like huff himself. Like just really smart and interesting and very, a lot of detail to like clearly deep seated mental disorders and things were handled very carefully and very realistically, which I could see putting people off because it doesn't have a comic tone at all. No. So they borrowed probably the most from Tim Sale stuff with Jeff Loeb where it's, um, rest in peace. It's yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. But the long Halloween stuff, but it's more, uh, the Catwoman story they did that went along with it. Yes. Tale of the, I forget what it's called where she's like in Italy, I think at Mm -hmm. points and she's fighting the mob family. So good. Buff Catwoman. Buff Catwoman. Uh, I really, the best performance has to be Colin Farrell. He's so good. It's Colin Farrell is such he absolutely hides in it. He's a Gary Oldman, right? Right. Where it's just, you don't know it's him, and you're just like, wait, what? who is this? What? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So good. Zoe Kravitz was good, but she's like, 
odd. She's more odd because she's not clearly defined as Catwoman for most of the movie. Right. She's kind of like not that character yet. Absolutely agree with you there. So I, I think if they trim down her business, she had a lot of time and I'm like, she's not doing anything that interesting. Like she eventually does. And yes. I think if you trimmed it, it would have felt better. I think I her concur. performance would have. So it's like, you know, there's definitely moments in this that could have been trimmed for yeah. sure. It makes me wonder what the actual cut was. Was it five hours? Yeah, <laughs> it probably was. But yeah, that's about all I can say without getting into spoilery stuff. I think the movie was pretty solid. I'm excited to see where it goes. I know people that hated this movie. I know people that have watched it like 10 times. I, I have this to say. Mm-hmm. If you're a criminal mm-hmm. and you are shooting at the Batman, mm-hmm. aim for the fleshy part in his mask. Don't shoot him in the chest 4,000 times. <laughs> that was my biggest complaint in this movie is no one aims for Batman's head. No one. No one is taking headshots in this movie. That's what you got to do. He just walks up and they're just like automatic weapons into his chest. And it's like, he's still walking, guys. Let's aim for somewhere else. Right. Try something else. <laughs> Aim for the ankles? Like, that might break? Yeah, bulletproof ankles? Anything, I don't know. yeah. Anything else. Let's try something different. Right. I'm going to throw the gun at him. <laughs> so, the scores. IMDb gave this an 8.0 out of 10. Wow. Yes. Generous. Rotten Tomato Critics, 471 of them, gave it 85%. Okay. The audience, 10,000 plus, verified, by the way. Oh, 87%. Pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a seven and a half. I think it was good. The wife, she didn't have as good of a time as me. She gave it a five and a half. Holy cow. Yeah, wife was not digging it as... She was like, it's fine, but what the hell, hurry up. Wow. She was that side of the coin. Impressive. Uh, but I thought it was good. So I think all those numbers say it's pretty much worth your time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I concur with you. Yay! 1987. Okay. Full metal... Ooh. Jacket. I'm already. <laughs> From serious to more serious. Oh, man, yeah. Watch, Way more serious. Yeah. Watch this <laughs> April 10th of 2022. It is one hour and 56 minutes. It is a war drama directed by, who do you think? Stanley Cooper. Come on. <laughs> Starring Matthew Modine of Stranger Things fame, Arlie Ermey of Seven fame, and Vincent D'Onofrio of Daredevil fame. There it is. <laughs> Your movie summary, a pragmatic U.S. Marine observes the dehumanizing effects of the Vietnam War on his fellow recruits from their brutal boot camp training to the bloody street fighting in Hue. Man, this movie is rough. It is. And oh, goodness. Absolutely. And that's the thing about about war movies. So I'm not the biggest war movie fan. And I think because a lot of times the early war pictures, like the Hollywood war picture was a glamour piece. Oh, for sure. And to an extent, you need those propaganda pieces to, you know what I mean, kind of get people into the concept of war. As we moved into the 70s, we started to, even the 60s, I think six to dirty dozen the 60s but we started to get to the grimy stuff and then by the 70s we got the deer hunter and like where it's like war pictures ain't so pretty anymore apocalypse now like this is we're getting into like war is hell and kubrick obviously riffing on that in this particular film i feel like it was once john wayne was getting too old to do them right because john wayne made so many war and western movies he really did (laughs) he really did and i think that this movie really 
does an awesome job of contrasting the fact that things are so brutal with how hard everybody is in the movie trying to make this seem like this is a normal thing. Like, everybody in this movie is like, this is how the, the boot camp training, you know what I mean? This is how it works when you're in boot camp. And you're just watching Vincent D'Onofrio just absolutely go through every level of hell with Arlie Army. So bad. It's so rough, man. It is. And like, the only thing holding him up is his comrades. And then they turn on him finally once Arlie Army even turns up, you know what I mean? Like, and understandably so. Mm-hmm. They're trying to straighten him out, and that's what everybody's trying to do. And uh, we watch him, st- I mean, in a like an absolute, like, if you haven't seen this film, it's worth it just for D'Onofrio's performance. Right, you can turn it off after. It's a masterclass. early scenes. Yeah. Because it feels like two movies. It really does. The boot camp's one movie, and then the war is the other Yeah, because you get to the end of the D'Onofrio stuff, and it's like... What fresh hell am I in for now? Like, you feel like you're so, you think, and what's so good about it is Kubrick's like, oh, you think you're ready? You think you've seen some shit? Get ready for the second half of this movie. (laughs) And you're just like, oh my God, it's worse somehow. I feel like he even teases you with the the love you long time. Oh, yeah. The classic line that has been recycled. He's so horny. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy how he punctuates the horrors and things that are going on with moments of humor, levity, and I think Matthew Modine's Joker character is really good at that, even the pins on his jacket, you know what I mean, the born to kill and the peace sign, kind of, you know what I mean, like, it's, it just shows that he knows, and he's with you, as, I mean, like, he, we need him, without him, the whole movie falls apart, and he's there to hold it together and let you know, like, this is totally fucked up, I know nobody else sees it, and they're trying really hard to cope, but this is absolute, like, it's a disaster. Like, I mean, on every level, it's Mm -hmm. dehumanizing in the description, I think, was a really good term to use. For sure. Because that's what war is attempting to make you do, right? You become a resource. A soldier's an asset. It's not, you're not a person anymore. You're just a resource to be used to accomplish a goal. And it's, but then you get to see, this is the goal and this is what they're trying to accomplish and here's what's going to happen. It's just like, this is nuts. Yeah. Like, absolutely nuts. I think he isn't doing anything groundbreaking, but the fact that he was interested enough to want to do like this, like absolute, like tear down emotional roller coaster of a war film, he's going to show up and do an amazing job. Yeah, this is very different from the other stuff he did. Yeah, as far as theme, absolutely. So. I think it's uh, it's very effective. It's a hard movie to say that's really good or like really awesome. Like, man, I love this movie. It's like you <laughs> it's do. To, yeah, I'm very curious how you're going to score it because it's like, man, I think it's a great movie as far as accomplishment but right like, man, like, i don't know go back to the hereditary discussion Correct. where it's like effective can impact a score because that's what we're here to, if you if we're just here to tell you this movie's good this movie's bad it's not an objective thing we're here to give you our opinion of how the movie impacted us so everybody may like this movie and i may be like yeah this was too much for me and i i don't right. like it i had a distaste for it for that reason so that's kind of our i think what we're trying to do the line in the same we're trying to draw is if you, i mean if you like this it's going to be because you like our opinions and why we're giving them to you not necessarily the fact it's like I mean we can read you the scores right yeah, we're going to in a second two minute version of the podcast yeah <laughs> right it's just like that must be good because the IMDb scores an 8.3 out of 10 uh, this one has uh, 83 critics reviewing it to 92% alright and 250,000 plus verified actual humans wow 94% wow yeah so I'm coming in like the dart that I am right in the middle at a 9 out of 10 yeah, I think that's correct. Is I mean, it's just hard to score a Kubrick movie low, and this one is definitely in my higher echelon of Kubrick movies, just because it's so like it's so effective at what it does. It's gross, it's nasty, it's dirty. You care, you don't want to, and you're trying really hard not to, but you do. And it's just, in spite of everything, it's like at the end of the movie, you leave 
to them singing the Mickey Mouse theme as there's absolute destruction. So Mickey Mouse Club. Like, oh, man. Woof. What a film. Oof is right. Oof. Jeez. Well, I'll take us away from all that violence. Oh, please. And give you more violence. Oh, yay. But ninja violence. Excellent. Your favorite kind. I love ninjas. Snake eyes. Uh-oh. G.I. Joe origin. Are you sure it's a ninja? Uh, kind of. <laughs> it's kind of. It's that weird commando ninja. I'm, I'm excited to see what you have to say about this, because I know you love this character. Have you seen this? And this stuff here. Hell no, I haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> Only a G.I. Joe completist is watching this, Tim. You're correct. So, this is from 2021. I watched it on the 28th of April. It's two hours, one minute long. Mm. Your genre, action, adventure, crime. Directed by Robert Shvetsky, I want to say. Do it. Starring Henry Golding, Andrew Koji, and Haruka Ape. Mm. Your IMDb movie summary. A G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character of Snake Eyes. Oh, my. Whew, put the work in there. Uh, you know what? I love a nice short description. Hey, Bring yeah. it on. It's like, it's this guy Snake Eyes. Yeah. Like, thanks. <laughs> this movie about Snake Eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> this movie impressed me a little bit. Mm-hmm. They referenced a lot of things that were really only explored in the comic books. Wow. And not even the Marvel comic books. My goodness. The devils do stuff. They did a huh. lot of, there was a one shot especially where they talked about the Arashikage ninja clan, Storm Shadows past, and some more mystical things. That oh, they, cool. That never really impact the Joes, so they never really talk about it. Sure. Uh, the whole thing is there's this relic, this artifact that is bestowed upon that clan, and they guard it, and it's basically a big MacGuffin, and it blow up the world kind okay. of thing. Like, you're way too powerful if you get it. So, Snake Eyes is kind of a dick. Okay. Most of the movie. The fights are awesome. Oh my goodness. Cool. Really good karate, kung fu kind of stuff. Excellent. With, it, it just The violence is top notch. I was surprised by how violent it was and That's how awesome. consistent it was. There's some scenes where it's like, man, this won't end. They're legit fighting all over this dock trying to escape. And That's like, way cool. I think I've seen the whole dock now. <laughs> That's awesome. My big problem with this movie is this movie was really good until it wasn't. Okay. This movie was probably a whole score or two higher before it got to the probably the end wow moments so which was kinda, supposed to be the big right you know, this is the climax this is it this is what we're here for it got so unrealistic man and i'm talking about ninjas with a big macguffin here right it was more realistic yeah um once you had samara weaving show up as scarlet and ursula Corbero as the Baroness. Okay. First of all, worst Baroness ever. That's the Baroness is such an iconic character. Why yes. didn't you write her to be the Baroness? Yeah. She was very that sucks. Blah. They added nothing to it. I wish they weren't even there. Mm. It, all they were there was just to be like, oh, Cobra and G.I. Joe exist. That yeah. was it. But largely the movie was fun up until that point. I feel like if you just watch the first 75% of this movie and turn it off, you'll love it. I hate it when a movie doesn't kind of follow the foot. Like, if it's a, like, are you going for a realistic action film or are you doing Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Right. I love both kinds, yep. but stick to the thing you're doing. Don't cross into both lanes because it just doesn't work. Right. Uh, it turns into a giant ninja fight towards the end, but there's also like, let's fight on motorcycles and do mm. flippy doos at each other. And it's like way too unrealistic. Yeah. I can I can fudge it a bit. Like we're ninjas. Like okay, right. But it, it got way too silly. But yeah, if, yeah. If they were doing that crit, like um, oh, it was Ninja Assassin. Did you see that movie? Yes. Like if you're gonna do ridiculous, 
like ninjas are basically like unstoppable like gods. Magic. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm in for this. But if you're going to just these are hyper trained human beings and we're going to keep the things grounded for the most part, spectacular but grounded, right. then you got to stay within the box you made. That's and just they how did it, it up until a point and, and then it was just like, "Oh my yeah. god, why?" Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's like why we do it this way the whole time when we could have had them on wires and shit this whole time. It's the Matrix right. now. Right. Yeah, I hate that. Uh the villain is Takahiro Hira. His character's named Kenta. That guy is amazing. Yeah. I was almost rooting for him. Oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> the whole movie is Storm Shadow accepts Snake Eyes and he really shouldn't because okay. Snake Eyes is a dick at the beginning of this. He's not Snake Eyes yet. That's another thing. Right. He's not actually Snake Eyes at all in this movie until the fucking end scene. So he has a helmet for not much time at all. Maybe 10 seconds? That's ridiculous. Isn't that bad? Yeah. Let's take the iconic characters and do uniconic things with them. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, there is a cameo. It does follow my wrestler rule. There is a cameo by WWE's Mojo Rawley. Hmm. Remember him? Mm-mm. Nobody does. But he was fine in this. But this movie, I'm sad to say, wasn't wasn't super good. Wasn't super good, and then it got worse. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I, w- I was willing to give it a chance. My wife wanted to watch this. She's like, don't you want to watch that Snake Eyes thing? You love G.I. Joe. And I'm like, oh. okay so imdb gave it a 5.3 okay ron tomato critics 35 percent 144 critics okay the audience a thousand plus gave it 74 percent very forgiving i gave it a five and a half okay because it was great till it wasn't it legit was great and if two-thirds of it was great then i I think a 5.5 is absolutely warranted right my wife loved it. Wow. 7.5 from her. Wow, much higher than the Batman. Way high. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Day apart. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, it's really funny. Sometimes we're, we're so drastically apart and on the weirder things. Yeah. Like, I should have been the one who's like, I forgive everything. I love it. Yep. But nope. <laughs> She's like, I like ninja nonsense. Hooray. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome if she actually said that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you can. It's for the completionist only. Fair enough. Yeah. What you got, fool? I have a movie from 2005. It is called The Hitchhiker's Guide to oh, the Galaxy. Wow. All right. Uh, we watched this the day after the metal jacket, the 11th of April, the 22nd. As a as a palate cleanser. <laughs> as a palate cleanser. <laughs> for sure. 2022, not the 20s. The 22nd of 20. 20. One hour and 50 minutes long, this is. And it is a sci fi comedy directed by. Garth Jennings, starring Zoe Zoe Deschanel, Sam Rockwell, Martin Freeman, several other people you would know when you see them. Correct. Yeah. A lot of folks in this one. Love Sam Rockwell. Oh my goodness, yes. Summary for this one. Mere seconds before Earth is to be demolished by an alien construction crew, journeyman Arthur Dent is swept away by his friend Ford Prefect, a researcher writing a new edition of... The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Correct. Yeah. It is a, uh, if you're not familiar with this movie, it is based on a book and there are several in the series. This is the first one. And it is science fiction that is supposed to be crazy, but treated with like the driest of British humor. Yes. Neil Adams does such a good job of making that humor really, really land in the books. And I think they did a nice job with the the BBC television series from the 70s. Awesome as well. Sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Still, Alan Rickman is the voice of Marvin the Paranoid Android, I will point out. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's This movie kind of has the 
book as a movie problem and it just has to move at this crazy pace where Adams was so good at letting things kind of ruminate and timing was so, even in the, like it sounds ridiculous to say in a book, timing mattered, but the way he wrote, the jokes really landed because of the way he wrote them and how things were spaced out and the paragraph layout to finish a joke or a punchline not coming up till later on. Timing was everything to Adams. Yes, but that type of comedy. It 100% is. Yeah. And this movie, my big gripe with it is it just feels like it's moving at a blistering pace for something that's as dry as they needed to move Earth out of the way, so they destroyed it because they needed you know, to construct a better pathway and Earth was in the way, so. As we do. Yeah, exactly. It's just such a funny point. Like, of course, that's the thing that would destroy the planet. Some stupid bullshit we would do. It's like, it's just the irony is like, that kind of thing is very funny. Like, certain jokes land, the dolphin jokes land, thanks for all the fish, and there are certain moments that are so iconic. The uh, the Marvin character, I think, is great design. Mm -hmm. Um, Warwick Davis is in the suit. Alan Rickman does the voice. It's just, it's such a good pairing. The physical comedy is very funny. I mean, Sam Rockwell is awesome as Beeble Brocks, and it's just, it just feels like so much business has to get done. And there was so much happening before this movie, and it's just like, oh, good. Good thing we came along in this five minute period to make it all line up correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it just feels like the kind of too convenient, and it kind of undermines the funny. Still great. And if you've never seen Hitchhikers, I think that this would resonate with you. Mm-hmm. But if you liked, if you've seen this and liked it, it's really worth your time to check out the old BBC series and and or read a book. What? A book? A book. Wow. A book recommendation on the movie podcast. Yeah. IMDb, 6.7 out of 10. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, 199 critics gave the 60%. Okay. Audience, 100,000 plus 65%. It's fairly definitive. And I come up just a touch higher to 7.0. Yeah, that sounds fine. Good movie, fun to watch. Just if you're if you're an appreciator of the source material and then come to this, I think you're going to have a tougher time with it than the reverse. It's very weird that it happened in 2005. Like, yeah. Who was like, you know what? <laughs> you know what time it is? Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but happy it exists, but I... I I would like to say, I thought the casting's great. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing I have complaints about other than the pace is the reverse complaint. Mm. It's not too long. It's so frenetic that it just doesn't match up with the style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Get out of here. Bye.